Hey guys, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. We tackle the challenges of indie game development head-on from the technical to the emotional and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode and if you haven't already done so, please give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with even more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. Welcome guys. Today I want to talk about how I would learn to code if I could start over from the beginning. Game development is a really, really hard thing <laughs> to learn how to do. It's really hard. And one of the biggest reasons that game dev is so hard to learn, at least for me, it was programming. Teaching yourself how to code is kind of like teaching yourself how to draw if your paper sets itself on fire and your pencil called you stupid every time you made a mistake. And one of the most challenging things about it is that there always seems to be a level above you that you can't reach. When you're a beginner, you just get excited by making some stuff happen on the screen. It doesn't take much when you're a beginner, but that really quickly fades when your skill improves and you realize that the skills you've acquired are almost completely useless because you don't know how to build things that scale well because you don't know all there is to know about things like inheritance and interfaces and generics and the solid principles and object pooling and factory pattern. And you get it, right? There's so, so, so many things that you need to know. And even if you learn all of these things, there are good and bad places to apply all of them. It can literally feel like scaling Everest stacked on top of Everest stacked on top of Everest. I consider myself right now an intermediate programmer, certainly not an expert, but I did waste a lot of time in my early coding days. And so I wanted to make an episode for you guys to help hopefully save you some time by showing you where I went wrong in my early days. And to do that, I need to share how I learned how to code. So I was too intimidated to start in Unity right away. I thought that I needed to understand code first, so I first learned JavaScript through a website called Code Combat because I had heard that JavaScript was very, very similar to C Sharp and I knew that C Sharp was Unity's programming language. So Code Combat is a website that is aimed a little bit more towards kids and younger audiences, at least as far as I can tell. And I worked on it with my son for a while. It teaches you how to code and you're playing games at the same time. It's really cool. You enter a line of code on the console and your little character would do what you told him to do with code. And it's like you're trying to solve these puzzles using code. It's really fun. I went through this for a couple of months, very, very part-time, until finally I was ready to install Unity and give it a try. And they didn't have the Unity Learn website back then, but they had a series of game tutorials that you could follow, and I just went through them one by one, hoping that my skill would improve incrementally over time. I went through the roll a ball tutorial, I went through the tanks tutorial, I went through a top-down puzzle game, a side-scrolling shooting game, a third-person shooting game that I can't, I can't remember the name of most of these. I did a procedural dungeon crawler. I can't remember the names of most of them, but there were like 10 of them that I did. And I specifically remember feeling really, really discouraged with specifically the dungeon crawler that generated levels procedurally with code. I did not understand a single line of code in that entire tutorial. And I went through like one, two, three, four, five. Like I went through these videos in order and all of a sudden I got to this one and it was like, what is happening? I was just following along, typing what they typed, hoping that eventually I would start to understand and I would learn things over time. 
After all of this, I was convinced that I needed something better than these free tutorials, so I paid for a Unity course called Swords and Shovels. It was created by Unity and it was like 12 bucks a month or something like that. I worked through that course and it covered a lot of different things in huge amounts of detail, from materials and shaders to programming and lighting and design. And on top of all of this, I watched every Bracky's video, right? He was the go-to guy back then, every Blackthorn prod video, and I followed along with a lot of them, right? Some of them I just watched, but I followed along with a lot of these tutorials. I watched devlogs, game jam postmortems, and GDC talks. I learned secretly at work. <laughs> I learned in the evenings at home. I learned lots in the bathroom. And not once did I make my own project throughout any of this, okay? I made one attempt to make a simple bubble popping game on my phone for my daughter at one point. And very quickly, I got discouraged and gave up after I could not figure out how to get the bubbles to move up without using Google for help. It had been like, I don't know, probably two years at this point. And finally, Nikki, she knows me better than I know myself. And so she kind of challenged me to stop doing courses and tutorials and to just make a game. And I made this really odd 3D game. You controlled this wizard character that damaged these wraiths with a ray of light. There were also these weird spider robots that shot out fire for some reason, and it was not fun. Not at all, but I was proud. I even made the characters myself in Blender. I was really, really proud, right? It's like stuff happening on the screen. It was really cool. From there, I scrapped that game, but I kept the character and started working on a newer, bigger game. I even made a few YouTube videos about it that can be found still in the deep dark recesses of YouTube on a totally different channel. I don't recommend watching them, they're terrible. <laughs> I let life get in the way and I stopped working on that project for a really long time, but then I came back with a vengeance to work on a game jam entry where I made my first Metroidvania, Dr. Shrink. I won the number one spot in all categories for that game jam. There were only like, it was really small. There were only like six entries, but still I felt really good and it was very exciting. Next, I started a 2D shooter where you could swap between long range, medium range, and short range projectiles on the fly. I scrapped that and entered another game jam and entered with a roguelike game that had absolutely zero graphics. <laughs> I ran out of time at the end, but the game worked. And after that, Nikki and I teamed up and created a game jam game for Ludum Dare. First time we participated in that one where you defend a door from a bunch of wraiths. And if you were to find that game, then some of you would recognize the game art from that as we gave it away for free now with our YouTube tutorials. Uh, we still use the same character from that Game Jam game. And now we're working on our first commercial projects, Veil of Maya and Samurado. We started Veil of Maya first, and we took a break to start Samurado because Veil of Maya is a multi-multi-year project, and Samurado's a lot smaller, and we wanted to get something out the door as soon as possible. So... That has been my journey. There were lots of teeny tiny experimental projects in there that either just really weren't worth mentioning or I just completely forgot about them, but that's the gist, okay? It's been about six years now, probably, probably more like seven at this point. So if I were to start from scratch right now, today, I would do things very different, okay? Hindsight is obviously 2020. They say that for a reason. I was really just fumbling in the dark most of that time, especially in my first two years. So first thing, just start in your engine of choice. You do not need to learn how to code first. That is such a waste of time. Just start in an engine. Learning to code from making games, in my opinion, 
has to be one of the best ways to learn how to code. You get immediate feedback on the screen, move the character, open the chest, add items to your inventory. It's gonna work or it's not gonna work. Immediate feedback, right? That's really important. Next, tutorials. If I was brand new, I would work through a few tutorials where you're doing like, they do something on their screen and you do the exact same thing on your screen, but I would only do a few tutorials that way. What this is going to do is this is going to help get you familiar with the engine and how all of the components tie together with the programming. So you do need that fundamental level of understanding before you're really ready to experiment on your own. But afterwards, after that initial period, just watch tutorials and try to guess what they're going to do next or how they're going to go about it. But you only need the hand-holding type of tutorials a couple of times. Now, at this point, even though you'll feel like you are completely and utterly not ready to make your own games, this is the most important time to do it. Forget about things like good game design or is it even any fun playing it. Do not worry about that. Make tiny micro games or not even games, just mechanics from certain games. What I would specifically say, and you'll hear this advice a lot, and I think that is because it's very good advice, you'll hear start making a small game or copy other small games. That's the one that I really think is helpful. Copy a game that already exists, like Flappy Bird or Pong, something super small and simple. That's really, really valid advice, right? That's why everybody says it. But you don't have to copy other games if you don't want to. That just really takes the design out of the equation. You already know what you're making. All you have to do is figure out how to make it. But the point is to start with something small enough that you can break it down into really small steps. Using Flappy Bird as an example, even if you know nothing about programming, you know how to break this down into small steps, right? You do. How do I get my bird to show up on the screen? How do I add gravity? How do I make him fly up when I click the mouse? How do I add collision detection? How do I spawn the pipes onto the screen, right? There are small, manageable questions that you can Google if you get stuck one at a time. But trying to do it without the hand-holding tutorial, that's the crucial part for you to build up your programming skills. Using Google is fine. Even expert programmers use Google all of the time. If your goal is to learn as quickly as possible, then your next project should be filled to the brim with stuff that you don't know how to do. If you want to learn quickly, then you constantly need to be stretching yourself. Get yourself out of that comfort zone, tackle a mini project that sounds hard, break it down into manageable steps and tackle them one problem at a time. That is literally all that game development is, tackling problems one at a time after breaking them down into manageable steps. Now, what I'm going to say here is probably a controversial opinion, but me personally, I would not worry about coding standards or conventions really, really early on. Okay, do not worry about coding spaghetti code. Don't worry about whether or not your variables should be public or not public. Don't worry about commenting. Don't worry about making your systems scalable. Don't worry about naming conventions. Not yet is what I would say. The programming world is filled with a lot of really, really, really big egos. And big egos love to spew advice when it isn't asked for or even needed at that point. If you've ever asked a question in some sort of programming forum when you were a beginner, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. So if you are just starting out, you need to worry about one thing and one thing only. Figure out how to make it work without getting a million errors in the console. 
That is it. Here's my opinion, which I don't think you'll hear anywhere else, probably. When you are past the very beginner stages and you have a little confidence that you can make something yourself, after you've completed several micro projects, make a bigger project. Not World of Warcraft, not Call of Duty, but bigger than a lot of people would recommend. So here's the thing. You've got experts in the field at the top of the mountain yelling their advice down to you when you've only scaled like two meters up, right? Their advice about whether or not variables should be public or not public, making your system scalable, worrying about naming conventions from day one, their advice is not relevant to you yet. It's just going to overwhelm you. You won't even understand why they are giving you that advice yet. You'll find out down the road, but at the start, you haven't even encountered the problems that their advice would help you solve. So it doesn't mean anything to you in the beginning. You need to fail. You need to get stuck. You need to feel the pain of having a project that is riddled with spaghetti code. Because when that happens, you will be determined to figure out how to not let it happen again. You need to get hopelessly deadlocked in some project that you are working on. That is a really crucial part of the learning process. It sucks, but that is the moment you will learn a really big lesson and it'll finally click as to why those other programming patterns exist in the first place. Then you're going to be motivated to learn this new stuff and you'll understand when and why you should use some of those more advanced programming patterns. If I could go back in time and give myself instructions for how to learn, I'd say push yourself enough that you fail multiple times a day. The successes give you that dopamine hit that make you feel good, and that's great for motivation, but the failures make you better. Both are needed, so don't be afraid to fail. That's all I got. If you love this episode and you haven't already left a rating and review, please consider doing that now. It really helps the podcast grow and reach more awesome people like yourself. Thanks so much.